Hello and welcome to Insanely Criminal. I'm Jem. And I'm Emma. And we are back again. Another one. Another We're week has flown by. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. It feels like we've only been doing this podcast together for a couple of weeks, but how much longer? Yeah, I was thinking I was trying to I was telling someone about it and I said, Oh, I've just been doing it a couple of weeks and then I thought Actually, it's probably been like five or six weeks now. I think it is. Which is, again, just absolutely flown. It has. That's the thing. And you get to celebrate this week with the beer gardens being open. Oh, my God. I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as it's socially acceptable to drink. So after midday. Yeah, I was going to say one minute past 12. (laughs) Yes. Pretty pretty okay. I, I won't. I won't do that. I might. I'll. I'll wait till after work. But <laughs> ho- hopefully, uh, I might. I might. There's a pub just up the road, so I might see. Uh, might see about going there. But oh, I've waited. You know, I've waited four and a half months. I'm sure I can wait another couple of days. A couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve hours to go. <laughs> I've no, seen like... people posting stuff like that though. Like, oh, it's like twenty-four hours so I can go to the pub. <laughs> there was there was quite a funny thing doing the rounds. I think it was oh, some brewery put it together, and oh, it was a Beaver Town brewery put it together, and it was like a countdown of so many days till you can meet your mates for a drink in the park, so many days till you can sit in a beer garden, so many days until you can sit inside the pub, and then so many days until you can like have mates around your house to drink. And it was quite it's quite cute, really. Not that I'm like desperate you understand <laughs> like I'm, I'm it's just it'll be just nice to meet people socially for a drink again yeah that's the only part of it I've missed is going out with people and people watching I yeah the little things yeah I just I really just hope the weather's okay tomorrow that's all know, if it's but... like this I mean it's... yeah it's sunny and blue sky where I am, although it was snowing yesterday, which is just wild. Yeah, we're having snow after, apparently. Um, it be great. So I'm not... I'm hoping there'll be no snow. You know there'll be people there with, like, hat, gloves, scarf, with a pint shivering, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I would be. If they were opening think, here oh. tomorrow, oh, I'd be straight there after work. I was just going to say, I'm saying that. That will probably be me. <laughs> So I don't know why I'm saying you can just imagine me. Yeah, I can imagine myself doing that. So, you know. So it would be me because I finish work tomorrow at about 12, if I'm being really cheeky. Nice. nice. So I was like, oh, come on, if the pubs are open, we could go straight yeah. after training and get a drink. But no, they're not open. When, when do they open in Wales? I've got a feeling it's 26. So, like, ready uh, for bank okay. holiday. Makes sense. Oh, I mean, that that could be dangerous though, because that's a bit like encouraging people to go nuts on the bank holiday almost. Yeah, that's what I said yesterday. Everyone's going to be gearing up for that now, and then as soon as it's the twenty sixth, everybody's going to be out nonstop, and it'll. Yeah, I think we'll be back to square one. <laughs> everyone's going to be crazy, aren't they? Yeah, it's mad. I just I hope that with so many people vaccinated now, surely 
it can't be as bad as it was like September, October when stuff was like reopened. Yeah. Sure. Otherwise, what's the point in the vaccination program? That's the thing, isn't it? And um, I know in work we're doing. Well, I'm not doing it. I refused. We're doing the lateral flow testing. Yeah. And um, I thought, well, what is the point of us doing it if it's not everybody? Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I've had a couple of lateral flow tests, and the last one I did, I didn't even get the result. So that was great. You're supposed to get it in 30 minutes, and I got my like proper COVID test result back quicker. Well, I never got this one at all, so I'm like, well, that's really helpful, isn't it? What if I really needed the result? Yeah. Like, what, I'd, like, what if I was going to a care home or something, or what if I was in, you know, an essential worker? Just exactly. I rang the NHS four times as well, and they were just like, we can't do anything. Oh, okay. Lovely little failed system again. Yeah, so <laughs> don't have too much faith in it, but um, I'm happy to get tested whenever I need to, really, but as long as yeah. I get the result. Well, I've had the proper COVID test, and I took that on Tuesday, and I got the results on Saturday morning. Wow, that was that in is... that was September, so it was still quite crap. Oh, uh, okay. But... I was going to say, I had a, the full COVID test I had was February and I went on the Tuesday morning and had the result by the Wednesday morning. So within 24 hours, basically. Yeah, I just think it depends. It's like the lack of it all, but I was never lucky. (laughs) Really weird, isn't it? Yeah. But speaking of weird, shall we do our episode? Let's let's crack on. Enough about COVID tests. Okay, so this is your neck of the woods too. This is oh God! This is where neck of the woods. What is, do I live in the crime capital of the UK or something? I, mean, I, think, I think I actually do. To be fair, no, I don't. I don't. Well, actually, don't. But I mean, it, it feels might, like it might be up there. Go on. Okay, so first we're starting off in Wakefield Prison. Again, yep. not that far. From not you. too far from me. So, in Wakefield, Wakefield Prison, Robert Maudsley sits in a bulletproof perspex cell where he sits for twenty-three hours a day, and he is let out once a day for exercise. But most of the time, he declines it. His cell is five and a half meters by four and a half meters, and the only furniture he has is a table and a chair made of compressed cardboard. His toilet and sink are bolted to the walls and his bed is a concrete slab with a mattress. Maudsley has a team of prison guards dedicated solely to looking after him and he is passed all of his meals through a hatch. To get to his unit, which used to house Charles Bronson too, but he's gone to a different prison this year, I think. You have to pass through, wait for it, 17... Locked seal doors. It sounds like the way you get to my flat. To be <laughs> but my current flat is about, it's not 17 doors, but it's so many doors you have to go through because it's like a little windy little thing through the building. And every time somebody new comes around, they're like, I literally can't find your flat. Like, 
there's so many entrances <laughs> and, and doors and things. Well, like, at least I'm nice and safe over here, though. So you're not living in Wakefield Prison, let's just get... I'm not living in... No, I'd just like to clarify, I don't live in Wakefield Prison. Uh, Although it has felt like a prison, but it's not a prison, I'd like to say. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. Robert's cell was built especially for him in 1983 and bears some resemblance to the cell that housed Hannibal Lecter in the film Silence of the Lambs. I was going to say that the way you described it, I'm like, is this Hannibal Lecter? Like, is this, was he based on him? Because that sounds very Lecter-esque. I know, it does. And um, the cell was, like, built seven years before the release of the film. So mm. I don't know if maybe they took some of that info and based this person on Hannibal Lecter. Um, awesome. I don't know. So, he's been called Britain's most dangerous prisoner. So, have you heard of him? I haven't, no. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> should we start at the beginning? See how yeah. uh, how he got in his little perfect book. Absolutely. So, Robert was born in Speak, Liverpool on June 26, 1953. And was one of 12 children. Lovely. Thanks. Cannot imagine that. No. He and only a handful of his siblings were sent to a Catholic orphanage named Nazareth House. There isn't any information about why they were sent here, but given it was the 50s, it could have been, I think, like a financial reason or... Mm -hmm. It's either going to be a financial reason or neglect. Yeah, I was going to say, were they taken off parents or something? Considering there were so many kids. Yeah. But despite being in the or- in the orphanage, the Morsley children actually had a happy time at Nazareth House and only ever had happy memories. When Robert was eight, he and his siblings were retrieved by their parents, and this is where his troubles began. So I could imagine that this would be like a really crap time, like the only home you've ever known is this orphanage and then you're taken away by your parents who you don't really know and you now have to live with them. It's just... I just can't imagine how crap that would actually yeah. be because you would not have a relationship with these people. No, that'd be weird. Yeah. Robert later recalled, all I remember from my childhood is the beatings. I was locked in a room for six months. My father only opened the door to come in and beat me four to six times a day. God. I know. He also later alleged that he was sexually abused as a child and that this had had a severe psychological impact on him. When he was 16, Robert ran away to London where he slept rough. He was deep into a drug addiction and he was working as a sex worker to fund his addiction. He was also well known to police and mental health authorities at the time, as he had previously tried to commit suicide a couple of times in the past and had also had a few stays in mental health wards. When he was forced to seek psychiatric help, he told someone that he kept hearing voices in his head telling him to kill his parents. 
So we're already uh, we're already building up. Yeah, uh, he's he's a the classic <clears throat> horrible childhood abuse. Absolutely. It's <clears throat> clearly some kind of psychological problems. Yeah. And I mean, if there's a voice in your head saying, kill your mum and dad, um, you've not had a great childhood. No, no, certainly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but in 1973, whilst on the streets, he was picked up by a labourer called John Farrell. John took Robert to his flat. And according to Maudsley, he showed him photos of him abusing children and also photos of children he had abused. Robert was enraged by this, so he strangled him, stabbed him, and smashed his head in with a hammer. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, quick and easy there. (laughs) He also stole five pounds and then left. Robert was arrested and was deemed unfit to stand trial. But he was sent to Broadmoor, which is a psychiatric hospital, but a criminally insane. So there we go. He's just killed one person. <clears throat> so, um, and I'm going to say too, that's the only person he killed as a free man. Wow. Yeah, so it kind of gets worse. Um, maybe for this next one, I would uh, tell anyone listening not to eat. <laughs> Because it does get much worse. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in Broadmoor where Maudsley found his next victim. He was outside playing football with fellow inmate David Cheeseman, and they saw convicted paedophile David Francis. The pair dragged Francis into a room on their ward. They barricaded themselves in the room where they tortured Francis for nine hours. Oh, God. They tied him up with a flex from a record player and the pair beat him, tortured him and smashed his head into a brick wall with such force that part of his brain was allegedly visible. So, you feeling a bit squeamish yet? Or? <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> what, what an image that is, my God. <clears throat> yeah. I was um, explaining to somebody yesterday about what this case was and I mentioned just this small paragraph and they were like, please, I, I just can't. I can't <laughs> listen to it. Please don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's generally how my life goes anyway. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> people are like, what are you doing in your spare time? Well, I'm on the internet researching killers. <laughs> Every minute of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened next is why Maudsley was later given the nickname Hannibal the Cannibal. Officers said Francis's head looked like a boiled egg because Maudsley had placed a spoon into his skull. Oh my god. I know. Just rest assured, everybody, this is all untrue. Um, This cannibal thing, this was not real. Um, Autopsy reports said that his skull was still mainly intact. I mean, there was a small part missing. But one report said that parts of his brain were missing and that Maudsley must have eaten it. But 
what really happened is that Maudsley had a spoon in the room which he had fashioned into a weapon. So, um, yeah, this bit's gross. It's worse than the, the spoon in the head. Mm. So he stuck the spoon into Francis's ear instead. Oh, man. So he didn't eat anyone's brain, but it was still grim. <laughs> I think um, he shoved this spoon into this guy's ear. When he pulled it out, obviously it was covered in... Brain. Yeah, oh, pretty much. <laughs> that is just... <laughs> That's quite a lot to take in. Yeah, it just it makes my ears hurt. It makes my soul hurt. (laughs) How does your brain feel? (laughs) I don't even want to think about my brain. Oh. Oh. It is. It's just the thought of someone shoving a spoon into your ear. Oh, too much for me. No, no. Moving on. (laughs) Don't have a boiled egg after oh, no. I had, uh, had eggs for breakfast, but they weren't boiled. Oh no, me too. They were fried. It's fine. Yeah, that's what I had too. So Morsley stood trial for this crime and was sent to the infamous Wakefield Prison, which is also nicknamed the Monster Mansion, if anyone knows. Full of uh, notorious criminals. Uh, so who's there? Like Ian Huntley's there. Is Ian Watkins there as well? Ian Watkins is Ooh. there, I think. I know he was moved closer to home at one point because mm. I think his mother was ill. I think he came back. Uh, Harold Shipman, he was there. Wow. So many. There's quite a lot of, um, like, terrorists there, I think, isn't there? Mm. In Wakefield. I think they did um, a documentary about it and it was absolutely wild. <laughs> but, like, he's done this crime because he's clearly criminally insane. Mm-hmm. So they sent him from, like, a psychiatric hospital to now be in Wakefield prison in the general population. It's just... It's not, maybe not the best idea. No, I think they know that he's he's not a well man. I mean, that's all the only way you can put it. He isn't well. And now, like, to be in general population anyway would be stressful. But if you needed psychiatric care, might not be the best place to be. No. But I guess if he's killing people in Broadmoor, you can't really keep him in Broadmoor. <laughs> Um, so he was definitely not well and plunging him here would definitely make matters worse. And they did get much worse. Officers and guards at Wakefield were said to be very nervous about Maudsley's arrival at the prison. And I suppose, can you imagine working there and you've just heard stories about this fake cannibal? Well, yeah, you're going to be like, I'm not being in charge of a cannibal, thanks very much. <laughs> yeah. It's just I not happening. I worked in that prison. Don't get paid enough to deal with this madness. No. <laughs> I don't think I could be a prison guard anyway, to be fair. No, I don't. I remember a prison opened not too far from me, and I was like, oh, I should go there. I should go and get a job. But I was like, no. 
I just don't think I can do it. I haven't got the patience. No, and you'd have to have like the thickest of thick skins as well. Yeah. The amount oh, of absolutely. abuse you would get hurled at you. Oh, and everything else you'd get hurled at. I was going to say, you, yeah. And, and the things you'd literally get hurled at you. <laughs> <laughs> Bodily fluids. Uh, yep. Gross. <laughs> So, within weeks of arriving at Wakefield Prison, Morsley decided to kill again. Not once, but twice. In one day. Um, he's efficient. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> he knows what he wants and he goes and gets it. He is. <laughs> First, he killed Solney Darwood, who was serving time for killing his wife. So, he garroted him and smashed his head into a wall. He likes, and I think he likes smashing people's heads into walls, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. And I think he did this by like swinging him around like the cell, so his head oh smashing off every wall. That is just vile. Oh. I know. Um, so he did this, and then he hid Solney under his bed. Um so definitely a good example of sweeping things under the rug there, Robert Morsley. That is just phenomenal. Why would you like? Why would you even bother? It's not like you're not. Gonna... <laughs> oh, they'll never find him there. There's blood all <laughs> over myself, but you know. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Like, if you were to kill somebody in your prison cell, I don't know how you would think that just hiding them under your bed. Oh, God. But that's what we see time and time again with these, like, killers. They're just so stupid. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> um, but I think he did it, though. I think he wanted to be caught. Mm. Um, and we will see. So, Morsley then went about his day. He carried on as if nothing had happened. Until a few hours later, he arrived in the cell of inmate Bill Roberts and attacked him with a homemade serrated knife. Ooh, how do you make your own serrated knife? I was just going to say, what, do you go on a course, like make your own serrated knife? <laughs> yeah, it's an open university access course. <laughs> <laughs> Weapon making. My first serrated knife. Oh, yeah. Fisher Price. <laughs> <laughs> the Morsley edition. <laughs> so after the killings, he calmly walked into the guard's office and he placed the knife down and said, They will be too short at roll call. <laughs> Very calmly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Chilling. No, like how could you be that emotionless? Yeah. You've just swung a man around your cell, smashing his head on every wall. Somehow got a homemade serrated knife, stabbed another, and it's like, here's the knife. Two left later. It's just... So Morsley stood trial for both of these murders. And he said he believed he was killing his parents every time he killed someone. And he is quoted as saying later, if I had killed my parents in 1970, none of these people would have died and I would be a free man. 
You'd be a free man even though you killed your parents. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose he probably might have been a free man. I think maybe by that point he could have been. Um, I think he would have just been in Broadmoor, maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously, he had such a shit life with him and his childhood was horrific. I can kind of understand it, but I'm not going to stick up for him. No, we're not not defending him. No. His defence team, though, called it an act of pent-up aggression that he had accumulated over the years after childhood fall of abuse. But nevertheless, Maudsley was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. So, Robert Maudsley is the longest-serving British prisoner subjected to a whole life order and has spent more than 40 years in solitary confinement so far. And he once wrote, Prison authorities see me as a problem. Their problem is to put me in a concrete coffin and throw away the key. So, what do you feel about, like, solitary confinement how do you feel about it that's 40 years in solitary I don't um, I think you would quite literally go insane I just I don't know how you would be able to cope with that lack of interaction and it's kind of a bit of we were saying before for me the, the ultimate the ultimate goal of putting people in prison is to protect them, protect the public from them, protect them from harming um, people anymore, but also to rehabilitate them. And how are you ever going to rehabilitate someone if you just bang them in solitary confinement for 40 years? Like, I guess it's if, if someone's that dangerous that they can you can never consider releasing them, Maybe, but I don't know. It's, it almost seems a bit counterproductive to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to feel about this one because I'm very much like you where I think prisoners should always be rehabilitated. And um, people who spend just like a week in solitary sometimes will come out so much more violent and they'll be so much more likely to reoffend. Um, and I think it would really have like an adverse effect on your mental health if you God, yeah. spent 40 days in solitary, let alone 40 years. But then someone as dangerous as Maudsley, who you could never put in gem pop, then I think this is the only thing you can do. Have they ever um, made any attempts to like try and help him? Or is it is it literally just like he's too violent, he's a bit of a lost cause kind of thing? Kind of. I think at one point he was sent to, I think it was the Isle of Wight, um, to see some specialists and they made really good headway and he was, I think the specialist said he was three quarters rehabilitated and he could have gone back into Gen Pop. Mm. But then all the funding was cut for it and then he was 
back in Wakefield, back in solitary. I mean, that's just it. That it says a lot, doesn't it? It's yeah. It it seems um, it's it's a little bit like we're just locking him away and forgetting about him and just leaving him to die, basically, because then he's not a problem anymore. Which it's it's I can't really make up my mind about it because. Like you say, if he's that dangerous, what else he's supposed to do? You can never risk other prisoners dying by putting him back in with the rest. But yeah, at the same time, it's like, well, we should at least try and get him fit to go back into society. Exactly, but um, we know what the mental health services are like in the UK well, in general. Yeah. Uh, they're even worse, I think, in prison. Um, where funding is just always cut for them too. Um, I was talking to my mum yesterday actually about prisons and there's a prison in Iceland. I think it's their first ever prison. I think they were sent to, um, I can't remember where, like Sweden or... It's one of the Scandinavian countries they were sent there before. And it's all about rehabilitation and there was a guy in there who... He was, I think he was a murderer and he got to go out in the day and have a day job and he came back every night and he was like, I will never re-offend. And even like the smallest, small time criminals, they never saw them again because they were being rehabilitated by, yeah, you've got to be in a cell when you come back, but you do get to go out and live a normal life. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that wouldn't work for Robert Maudsley, but... I think prison just needs a massive reform um, here, definitely in the US oh, too. God, um, rehabilitation, yeah, one hundred percent. Wild, absolutely wild. But Maudsley has requested several times to end his life, even requesting to be given a cyanide pill, as he no longer sees the point. To sitting in a cell and waiting to die. I mean, I, I kind of get that because th- th- there's no point in him existing, really. No. Th- he's got no life whatsoever. Uh, but then, exactly. should, is he entitled to one? <clears throat> mm. That's the thing, isn't it? Because we don't allow that kind of thing here, like assisted death. No. But, I mean, if he wants to die, let the man die. But then I suppose the officers have got that duty of care, haven't they, where they they have to care for him despite what they think, Um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty sad, really. Some people even say his sentence should be relaxed because he only really killed criminals and not innocent civilians. And some people have said that he was doing the world a favour by doing that. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one. (laughs) I'm kind of, oh, I feel, yeah, he didn't kill innocent people, but they're still people. Yeah, he's still still lives that he took. Yeah. It just, I don't know, it feels a little bit like... Do does his punishment match the crimes? Really? I don't think it does, does it? it? I don't know. It just it feels a little bit 
How many did, was it? Three people that you killed or four? Or... Uh, three, isn't it? No, four. Four. So he's four. he's killed four people, which is obviously abhorrent. But I don't know. It feels a tad extreme. The the kind of punishment that he's undergoing, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I get that he's. You know, not well and does need psychiatric help, but then what's he doing in Wakefield Prison? Um, yeah, why is he not getting psychiatric help? Yeah, but then again, like he cannot go back to Broadmoor, I guess. Yeah. But what if they moved him to Broadmoor, like to finish his days off and just put him in a part of Broadmoor away from people and just kept him there? I think. I don't know. It's a bit more humane, I guess, even though Broadmoor's probably a hellhole. Um, I just don't see, like, behind 17 doors in a perfect box just seems too much. It's almost I like know... something... It, it's almost like <laughs> a joke, isn't it? Like, it's something that yeah. you would see when you take the piss out of... Um, like a prisoner or something and you'd go through that many doors it'd be like it's quite comical in a way that they've gone to such extremes to keep him isolated yeah and they you know built it especially for him like it it just seems a little bit like is he that dangerous i'm sure he is exactly i I don't know it just (laughs) just seems it just seems quite extreme, the lengths that they go yeah, to. Definitely. And Charles Bronson was there too. I mean, I know he is a very violent man, but I'm pretty sure Charles Bronson never killed anybody. And he was there too. <laughs> it just seems they just put like these two very dangerous people in the same wing by themselves forever. I mean, he's not there anymore, but it's just yeah, like the punishment is not really fitting any crime. No. It's just wild. But Robert Maudley even requested to have a pet budgie in his cell. And he wrote to authorities and said he promised that he wouldn't eat it. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, his application was denied. Don't worry, no budgies have ever been harmed. <laughs> As much as I was just saying about I'm not sure his punishment fits the crime, I don't I don't think I'd let him have a budgie myself, to be honest. <laughs> he would undoubtedly do something horrible to it. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine? Oh. But then again, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he would care for that budgie. You, you just... You don't know. You can't say the chance. It's not worth the risk. <laughs> So former detective Robert Harrison has spoken about Robert Maudsley in recent years, saying he was a very intelligent man, which is true. Um, he has a very high IQ, as we often see with um, people like Robert Maudsley. I think um, Ed Kemper had a very, very high IQ too. Mm. Um, who else? Ted Bundy, possibly Jeffrey Dahmer. Harrison said he was worried about meeting Maudsley for the first time, as he had images of a monster locked in a bulletproof cell. But he says it was quite the opposite. Whilst he said he would never side with a criminal, but after communicating with him, 
he said that he could fully understand why Maudsley did what he did. Maudsley stays out of the limelight these days and no newer pictures of him have been released to the media for a long time. His health is said to be in decline over recent years, but he still sits in his perfect box, waiting for his time to be over. And that is the tale of Robert Morgan. Wow. <sighs> Again, it's like they give him all these nicknames like Britain's most dangerous inmate and Hannibal the Cannibal. And then you see pictures of the guy and you're like, really? That guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> hmm. He kind of looks like he'd, someone you'd see on a bus. <laughs> um, like some random weirdo on a bus. You know the type I mean? I absolutely know the type you mean. He just kind of looks like one of those regular folks. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to feel bad for him. But again, I don't think he should be in that perfect. No, so, no. I don't either. Uh, We should do like a whole special on Wakefield Prison with the people that are there. It's just absolutely mad. That's the because there's people there who they probably have like less less time in prison than Maudsley, and they've probably done much worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, especially Ian Watkins. I was just going to say, if you like compare <laughs> his crimes with what Ian Watkins did. He's yeah. the one that should be in 23 hour a day <clears throat> solitary oh, in a perfect yeah, box. Should be. Oh, God, yeah. I think he is. Is he in solitary? I feel hmm. like he might be. But didn't. I'm sure he tried to kill himself recently, didn't he? Or he got. I think he has. Or he, somebody attacked him. Something happened to him recently, I think. Fairly recently. But. With with him, no, I, I I agree. Anything that happens to him, he absolutely deserves it because he oh, is 100%. just an evil person. He is. Um, I remember saying to someone that it was my claim to fame that I called Ian Watkins pedophile yeah. in two thousand and two, and then it came true because I called him out for having teenagers on his tour bus, and. Uh, but we know it's much. Oh much God! I, I honestly, I, I could never do an episode on him. I can't think about no. what he did or or just talk about him for too long because he he doesn't deserve it, and it's just it's so awful to to think about what he did. It's oh no, yeah, it it's is. Too I much. could never ever. Yeah, I couldn't do a podcast about him. I've listened to a few about him, and that was that was enough for me. Yeah. I think we all know what he's done. If anyone's listening and they don't know, don't even um, Google it because it's just the worst things you can ever imagine. Yeah. Especially if you're a parent, but if you're anybody. It's just the worst thing she could ever imagine. And ugh, he's vile. And uh, yeah, I hope he uh, rots away in prison. Yeah, so do I. He <laughs> undoubtedly deserves it. And we should not 
waste any money trying to rehabilitate him, I don't think. No. <laughs> I don't think he ever could be rehabilitated. Because he just, either. like, he showed absolutely no remorse. That's the thing. And, oh, yeah. that's it. I think, wasn't it he's been trying to contact people again while he's been in prison? Yeah, didn't he? Um... He snuck a mobile in or something. Yeah, that's the one. He took a mobile oh, in. God. I want to say he was still, like, trying to get, you know, growth. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was. I think he stood trial for that, but I don't think he got that much longer on sentence for it. I think it was months. (sighs) That's it, not years. So, I mean, that happened, what, six or seven years Mm. ago? So, clearly he's never going to change his way. No. The pig. But yeah, that's our episode. Yeah, on that cheery note. <laughs> yeah, on that cheery note with him. <laughs> Don't even Google his face. No, he doesn't deserve any kind of publicity. <laughs> and I regret talking about him. No, I don't really. I know, but just, just yeah, anything? we're never gonna, we're never gonna cover him because he's just, he doesn't deserve it. No, I couldn't do it. Um, I started writing an episode yesterday about someone who I've mentioned in this episode and I had to stop halfway because that was grim enough. Mm. Um, I don't think I could even sit down and write one about Ian Watkins. No. no. <laughs> I don't even want to go on the wiki page. No, that's it. You don't, you don't want to have to research it. It's just no. vile. Ugh, gross. But anyway, thanks for everyone for listening. I really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank um, you guys as ever. Yeah, appreciate um, Yeah, definitely. Remember to rate and review us because we love to be loved. We do. <laughs> we love to be validated. <laughs> Please validate us <laughs> via the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only validation we get. <laughs> oh, it's not whatever. Really. I bet you get loads of validation. <laughs> I don't need it from social media, then. No, we don't. <laughs> I just get it from weirdos on the back. <laughs> God. Hopefully not uh, murdering weirdos. Uh, yeah, it's not a morgue type. <clears throat> just, you know, random old people on the bus. <laughs> I don't really like getting buses, so... No, I've got to get back on them tomorrow. Work. <laughs> Rubbish. I know, but... It's almost half term. Only six weeks. <laughs> oh, is that it? Is Easter over now? Yeah, it's officially over on Tuesday. I know. I've done nothing for two weeks, but that's good. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. Um yeah, we've had loads more listens lately too, so that's been really good. Excellent. That has been very exciting. That we've even lasted this long doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next week it's Emma's episode. It is. So I better get my thinking cap on. It won't be in Watkins. Definitely won't, won't be. <laughs> but enough about Ian Watkins. It's time for us to go. The weekend's over officially. Well, I, w- so, I won't go that far. It's, you know, it's oh. the weekend's over. Cheers, mate. Like, <laughs> thanks for making me feel really good on a Sunday. 
Okay, the weekend's not over yet. Exactly. So a few more hours. Be a garden doper in, Eng- in a- open in England tomorrow. Yep. There is much to celebrate. Nature is finally healing. <laughs> yeah, it's the weather's looking slightly better ish. So long may that continue. Yeah. We're all on a high now. Yeah, that's left for that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yep. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will be back next week.